0: Thank you for being here in person, and thank you also for those that are joining us online. Glad you're here. So just for the people that know, when I look that way, I'm looking at the people that are joining us online, okay? So I'm not just like staring out into the space somewhere, but there are people online that are joining us as part of the church here at FAC, so we're glad that they're joining us as well. Uh We are in the book of Acts, so you could open up your Bibles to Acts if you have them. Um, There'll also be the passage on the screen as well. But we're in the book of Acts, and we're actually starting a new series here uh, called Beyond Your Bubble. Beyond Your Bubble. Move beyond your bubble. Now, COVID-19 and this pandemic has, in a lot of ways, kept us in a bubble, right? I mean, we've kind of been secluded, isolated, in quarantine, that type of thing, in a bubble. And in some ways, even literally. If you don't believe me, uh, how many of you guys know the Flaming Lips, that band? Some you do, some you don't. If you were shocked that they're even still around, they are. Yes, they are. But they decided to have a concert, and they will be doing a concert in bubbles. Actually, as you can see there, which is kind of silly, ridiculous looking. Uh, But when I see that, not only do I laugh, but also it reminds me a little bit of sometimes as Christians, we can live in our own little Christian bubble. And sadly, sometimes we could be like that when I think of the mission of Jesus is given to each of us to be his witnesses, to to bring Jesus to others, to help people move toward Jesus so that he could draw near to the heart of the Father. Sadly, sometimes many of us, we just stay inside our little bubble and we don't move outward towards others. We don't move beyond our bubble to those, especially that are different from us different. What I mean by different is those that are different. They're not church people. They're not Christians. They may vote differently. They may uh, be of a different race. They may be of a different ethnicity, nationality, different lifestyle. Maybe a different total worldview. These are the people that you and I are to move toward and not just stay in our bubble. We're to move towards them. Those that are different. Because then what ends up happening, and sadly this is the case that we see in the church, is it becomes subcultural. We become like this little bubble subcultural group. When we're called to be countercultural, we become subcultural and we stay in our Christian bubble, and then we criticize those outside of our little Christian bubble instead of being countercultural and moving beyond our bubble and being in their lives and entering into their worlds for the common good of culture so they could have life that's found in Christ. We are to be countercultural for the common good of culture as we bring the kingdom into culture. But we have to move beyond our bubble There's brokenness Out in this world, church That you and I Are to be the hands and feet Of Jesus To bring the restoration and healing That is found in Jesus To them, but what happens is we Just get comfortable In our own little bubble We stay there But we gotta move beyond it I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's you're afraid. Maybe there's other priorities you have other than the mission. Or maybe you're just apathetic a little bit to this and you lost the passion for the mission that God has given to us. But can I just say, you know, with this pandemic and things that are happening and things that you're seeing out there in the world that feel kind of crazy, do you look at them as opportunities? Do you look at it as actually an opportunity to move beyond your bubble and enter into the world of others? To be change agents? Do you see this as an opportunity? You know, that God is actually even wanting us to move beyond our bubble. He's, he's, maybe he's allowing this because he wants you and I to not just stay in our own little Christian huddle. Kind of like what happens here in Acts 8 that we're going to look at when persecution broke out among the church in Jerusalem. What happened? They were scattered. Moving beyond their own little Christian bubble they had there in Jerusalem. And they had to go out with the gospel. And they were scattered. I really think this is an opportunity for you and I as the church. I have great hope I have great optimism for the church. It's not shattered. We're just scattered and things are going to be just a little different. But the mission still carries on for you and I to move beyond our bubble and into the lives of other people, especially those that are different than you. Why would you even do this? Because church, this is the heart of the Father. This is the heart of the Father who did this for you and I. He entered this world, took on flesh, grew up, went to the cross, rose from the grave. He entered into our world so that we would be healed, be restored, and be brought to a relationship with Him. And it's why He's given us His Spirit to you and I so that we can do that the same for others. Not only us be free and full in Jesus, but also bring others to be free and full in Jesus. That's why we move beyond our bubble, because that's the heart of the Father and what He has done for you and I. But how do we do this? How do we actually do this? How do we move beyond our bubble to those that are different than us. Well, I think we have some insight here in Acts chapter 8 with a man named Philip and what he ended up doing as he saw something that was happening in Jerusalem and he saw this as an opportunity. And I think we could learn some valuable insights from how he did that. The first thing is that you see If we're going to move outside of our bubble Move beyond our bubble To those that are different than us We need to move toward them Sounds obvious We don't move away But we action Take steps of moving toward them Not just waiting for them to come to you You have to move toward them Move toward them Look what happens in verse 4 In Acts chapter 8 We're going to start there It says, now those who were scattered. Remember I talked about that. When the persecution rose out, went out, they were scattered. Now when those who were scattered went about preaching the word, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. Now why is Samaria so important? Why is Samaria so important? Because, you see, when they scattered out, Philip's colleagues, some of them went to other Jewish people, but Philip instead went to Samaria. A people that were very different from him. In fact, Jewish people often looked down upon the people of Samaria as inferior. In fact, they would even go around. If they had to go, they wouldn't go through Samaria, they would go around it. They didn't want to go through that area. Be associated with those people. Accidentally, someone may look at them funny. They looked down on them. They had some Jewish mixed race within their ethnicity but they looked down on them because they felt like they compromised. And so they were different people. People politically. Different people of a different worldview. Different morals. Different ethnicity. But Philip moved toward them. Philip went to these people. Now why? What is he doing? Again, he's following the heart of the Father. He's doing what Jesus did for him. The example that Jesus did for him and doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit, he says, I will go to these people because that's what Jesus did for me. And he moves towards them and he has a generational impact. Because later on, Philip actually stays in Samaria to continue the work Of having these people's lives changed by Jesus. A generational impact. Now think about this. Just imagine a little bit. Philip there and that impact that he would have among generation after generation after generation. Now think about for you. Your life and the people in your life. That God has put and surrounded you around with. What generational impact could you end up having? Just imagine it. Like a ripple effect. People that you may not even know. One generation, two generations, three generations from now. That would have an impact on someone. Because you moved towards someone that is very different from you. Not within the Christian bubble. To those other people that need Christ. You know, when I think about this very thing, and I imagine about it, I actually discovered something really interesting and cool. I knew some parts of the story, but then I started piecing it and researching it, and it really highlights this point. You know, we're part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. We're a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, and I love the Alliance. I love the Alliance, because we're all about going deeper with Jesus, and going wider with Jesus... To helping other people come to Jesus. We want to bring all of Jesus to all of the world. That's what I love. We just have this, this uh, passion for Jesus, and we also want to help others meet with Jesus. Well, this passion was founded from the founder of the Christian Missionary Alliance by a man named A.B. Simpson. A.B. Simpson, And he founded the Christian Missionary Alliance. A need that something that was not happening in his day and time where people were actually being real and living in the power of the Spirit and having intimacy with God through Jesus. And also that people weren't going out and moving towards people that were different from them with the gospel. And so A.B. Simpson starts to do that. He would be in New York City and he would actually move and go to the docks and reach the refugees and the immigrants, people coming in that no other churches would associate with. But not A.B. Simpson. He had a passion. He knew the gospel. And that people needed Jesus. And so he would move towards them. Well, A.B. Simpson eventually died in 1919. And the next president of the Christian and Missionary Alliance was Paul Rader. Paul Rader knew A.B. Simpson. And Paul Rader he had that same passion he carried on that same mission of the Christian Missionary Alliance to go deeper with Jesus and also to go wider with the gospel and go and to move towards those people that were very different and so he would do that and he actually went to a people that were a russian people and he led this one man that was part of this russian group named peter dineka peter dineka who was an atheist he was russian and he peter dineka came to the lord through the ministry of paul Rader. And so then Peter Dyneka later on hears God's call to be a missionary. He ends up being a missionary. And after World War II, he is being a missionary to Ukrainian and Russian refugees that have been displaced because of the war. And he actually starts a radio ministry. And one of those ministries took place in Ecuador. And that radio program broadcast into Venezuela. And in Venezuela was actually where my grandfather was who was Ukrainian and displaced from the war. He hears Peter Dineka and he becomes a Christian. And then from him my grandfather leads my father to the Lord as you could see on that picture and then leading me to the Lord who now preaches at a church in the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Isn't that awesome? It's just so cool. From A.B. Simpson to Paul Rader to Peter Dyneka to my grandfather to my father and then to me. I don't think those guys thought of the generational impact. And there's countless other stories that others probably were impacted and moved by. Because they all understood that if we're going to move beyond our bubble, it requires us to move towards people. Because A. B. Simpson had that passion, because Paul Rader had that passion. And so forth. They moved towards people and they could see the generational impact. So you start first by asking this question then. Who can you enter? Whose world can you enter? Who can you start moving towards and investing in that relationship? Think of the people where you live Think of the people where you work Where you study Where you play and hobbies and things like that They're not there by accident Do we not believe in a God Who's in control Who has you on a mission That wants you to have an influence In other people's lives And putting people around you They're not there by accident But you have to move towards them They're not going to come to you you have to move to them. Move beyond your bubble. To those different from you. By moving to them. Well what does Philip then do. Once he has moved there to these individuals in Samaria. Well he starts to then move them toward Jesus. That's what he ends up doing. Moving them to Jesus. And how does he do, do, how does he do this? He communicates Jesus. And he cares for them, as Jesus would. Look what it says in verse 6 through 8. And the crowds, with one accord, paid attention to what was being said by Philip, when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. I just think about that last verse there. There's much joy in that city The impact, the change That started changing a city Well Again as I said How does he move them to Jesus He communicates who Jesus is He tells them He uses verbal words. He talks to them about it. Now he used a mode of communication of that time. Which was common then. Of speaking out in public. That's how news traveled. That's how things were communicated. That's how anything was done back then. And he found some common ground with them. They knew some things. That there was some type of Messiah. Because they had some Jewish. A little bit of background. So that's why he he proclaimed to them. That he was the Messiah. But look what he does. How he cares for them. He heals those that were paralyzed, and he delivered those that were oppressed by the enemy, by demonic spiritual forces. You see, he doesn't just give them Jesus that is said by name or that they could read somewhere. He introduced them to the presence and the power of Jesus. As they see evidence of this where people are healed and lame people walk. You see, he didn't just give them, here's Jesus who you need to come to. No, he said, here's Jesus and he's going to do something in your life. And he brought radical change into their life. Bringing them into the kingdom of this Jesus who rules over all spiritual things. All physical things. There was a reality, a tangible Jesus that they experienced. And that's how he cared for them. And look, that he cared for them in this way that they actually paid even closer attention. It says in verse 6 in one accord, they paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard and saw the signs that he did. It was convincing to them. They saw that their lives were being changed and it aided in what he was communicating. This kingdom power where people were healed physically and freeing people from the power of the enemy. And I think today, in a lot of ways, this world is a lot like Samaria. Where it is not just going to be the words that we bring to people about Jesus, but the power and the presence of Jesus to be able to change people's lives if we're going to see a revival and a movement of God that would change our city so there's much joy in the city in our neighborhoods in our country we need the power of God we have tried programs we have tried human methods and we have failed what they need is God and his power are you going to give him that are you going to allow the kingdom to do that through you to bring people's lives changed the captive set free healing even because Jesus wants to do this. this is part of the kingdom it gives all glory to Jesus not to anyone all glory to him and it aids in how you communicate and tell people the good news about Jesus Jesus still heals today, church. Jesus still heals today physically, emotionally, and he still delivers people that have been oppressed by demonic in that spiritual realm. He still does it today. Now, if you struggle with this, you're not alone. Many people do, especially in the church in America. If you struggle with this, let me just say, when you experience. Doesn't match up with what the Bible plainly teaches, we have a few options. We can explain away what the Bible plainly teaches and to lower so it meets our lacking experiences of Jesus' power, or We can actually say Lord I want you to elevate My experience of your Power so that it matches What scripture teaches I need to step out In faith I need to let go Of fear I need to let go of control And I need to say Jesus yes you Can do these things today And if you desire to do that through me Then so be it all glory goes to you God whether healing Takes place or whether it does not But Jesus wants to. I'm telling you, this is the heart of the Father. He wants lives changed. He wants people to experience Him. He wants brokenness to be healed. In church, it's cosmic treason to hold the keys of the kingdom and not let people be free and full of Jesus. I'll admit, it's been hard for me too. This has always been something I do not think I arrived yet. I still want to grow more and more in allowing Jesus to use me in any way that He wants and trusting in His power that He can heal, that He can set people free. And I have seen far more now to be convinced of it. I have seen people freed from demons, I had seen people healed from physical ailments. And all glory goes to Jesus. I have seen far more, but I haven't seen everything I would want to see. But it wouldn't have happened if I didn't believe and say, Jesus, I trust you. This is not just something that happened back then. And you're just kind of buying your time and with your and twiddling your thumbs until you return. No, the kingdom is here, it's now. And it will be one day. But Jesus has this power to change lives. Do you believe it? Let me share you one encouraging story. It's another uh, person from the Alliance. John Soper. Some of you know who he is. He, he actually spoke here a couple times at our church. And John Soper, he was the district superintendent of the Alliance here for our district here. And he talks about this time when he was in the hospital. And I want, to, I want you to hear his story, what ended up happening. He writes, As a pastor, I was called to meet a couple at a hospital. Their daughter had suffered a seizure and was not breathing. When I reached the hospital, neither the parents nor the doctor were with the child. A nurse was unplugging the flat-lined machines. The Holy Spirit prompted me to do something I've never done before. Pray over the girl's lifeless body. I asked the nurse if I could pray for a minute, to which she replied, You know she's dead. But allowed me to go ahead. I asked God to restore the little girl. Then I went to the next room and found the parents witnessing to the doctor. About a minute later, we heard a scream. Than the little girl crying for her mommy. It's never happened to me before or since, but Jesus is still healer. Praise God. Amen. Jesus is still healer. Jesus has that power. And church, if we're going to move beyond our bubble to those that are different, we need to move them to Jesus. Yes, communicate to them who Jesus is, but care for them in a way that brings them to the presence and the person and the power of Jesus. But if we're going to do that and do this type of ministry, we have to be filled by the Spirit. We can't do it in our own power. We need to be filled by the Spirit. So if moving beyond your bubble to those that are different, it also requires moving yourself to be filled by the Spirit. Listen, the central theme in Acts is that God wants to fill you with His Spirit. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. In verses 14 to 17, you later on see Peter and John come down and pray over the Samaritans and pray that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That they would be empowered for ministry. And if we're going to move uh, to people, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, just think, why would Philip even go to Samaria? Why would he do that? It's because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the heart, the compassion, the love, and the power of God to do this ministry. There's no other way to do this ministry. Without the Holy Spirit. In the books of Acts, if you you would look throughout the book of Acts, you'll see story after story how God's Spirit falls upon people. Where they experience more of Him and His power, but also allow that to be of ministry to others. To allowing them to be free and full in Jesus. And I think the encouragement for you guys, if, I don't know about you, but it encourages me to think when God wants to fill me with His Spirit... It encourages me to know that there is more of God to be had. There's an infinite supply of more of God that he wants you to experience of himself. And some of you are stuck. You're stuck because you're you're either stuck in sin that just continues to repeat. You're stuck maybe in the lack of intimacy with God. You're stuck and not seeing the power of God. And it's because you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you just stuck in thinking conversion was all that there is. No, there's more beyond conversion. There's more of God to experience and to be had of Him. This is how you live the Christian life. I can't understand how you live the Christian life if you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because God wants to do that in you. Ephesians 5.18, that instruction to you and I that Paul tells the church of Ephesus is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a continual action he's encouraging them to do. Not just one time, but continually. Because we leak. We lose passion. We lose power. Now yes, you have 100% of the Holy Spirit. You are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. But when talking about filling of the Holy Spirit It means that sometimes The Holy Spirit doesn't have 100% of all of us There's still areas there in our soul There's still areas that we're trying to be in control There's still idolatry there There's still things we haven't surrendered There's still things that God wants to do in you And to fill you with more of himself What does this look like? Sometimes, yes, when the Spirit comes, it can come dramatically, in a dramatic way. That scares some people. It scared me forever. And I had to get over that. Sometimes, the Spirit may come in a dramatic way like wind and fire. I've experienced that. Sometimes, though, the Spirit comes and fills you just like a gentle dove. And reminding you of who you are in Christ. Let me just, I've experienced both, but let me share you, with you my first experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because I think when I've heard other people's experiences, it helps you understand, help me understand, what does this mean? You see, I grew up in the church, in, in a, a Christian home, and the Holy Spirit was certainly believed, but he's kind of like that weird cousin. You know, you got the father, you got the son, and then you got the Holy Spirit, we don't know what he's going to do. So let's kind of just believe him, but not, just kind of leave him over there. And, I, and it, it was sad because as I grew up, you know, I tried to live the Christian life in my own strength. I knew the gospel. I knew that I was saved by faith alone through Christ alone. I knew all these things. I believed it. I knew that the Father loved me. I knew that I was fully forgiven of my sin. I even knew what it meant to pray and talk to him, but there was still lacking a power. There was still lacking an even closer intimacy with God, because I didn't really understand what it looked like to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And then I had an encounter with God at 21 years old, and I knew there was things that He was talking to me about that I needed to surrender to him. And I did. And what ended up happening was I was filled with the Spirit. I didn't know it at the time what that was, what was happening to me. But I was filled with a love of God that just poured into my heart, like Romans 5.5 says. Where the love of God is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand the theological terms until later on when I went to seminary and started learning some of these things. But what I was experiencing in that moment was the love of God just poured into me. I'm telling you, it was real, more real than anything. Where I knew what I knew of how God loved me. And there was radical change. There were sins that just stopped now, there's still junk that we go through and we have to go through in life. And that's what the Holy Spirit does throughout our life. But there were sins that were dropped. There was, there was a, a hunger to know more of him. I actually was reading my Bible. Get that, right? I actually wanted to read my Bible. I wanted to be near him. Conversation with him. I was starting to hear God. No one talked about that, what that looks like. How do you know it's God. I started just witnessing to my friends. No one had to teach me how to do that. I'm talking to my college roommates. Why? Because of the love of God that it was poured into my heart and that compels me to share with other people. I want you to experience what I experienced because it's the most amazing thing in the world. Because I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, throughout my life though, I leaked. And I needed to be filled again and again. Especially even in the areas that are difficult when it comes to the work of the spirit when it came to healing and things like that But I just share that experience with you just for you to get a picture of how the filling of the spirit Leads us to want to spill that out He fills us to spill us I just was compelled to want to talk to my roommates and talk to them about Christ and that's what he wants to do in you and I Listen, I'm not just a crazy evangelist or anything like that I don't, I'm not like, you know One of those people that are just, you know There are some people that are really gifted in that But I know this is my call As a Christian As a follower of Jesus Is that I have to move towards people beyond my bubble I need unsaved friends That I need to move towards I need neighbors that don't know Jesus I need to invite them over. And I need to care for them in a way that brings them to the presence and power of Jesus. But if I'm going to do that, I need to be filled with the Spirit. I need to be filled with the Spirit. Or my passion will wane and the power won't be there. Church, just imagine with me again. Just imagine... What would it look like if as a church all of us living in the fullness of the spirit where it's just gushing out of us where we give more of our heart to him to saying more of you God I want more of you so that more people can experience you and I could start to see change happen around me can you imagine our church if we each of us just giving a hundred percent to him and saying Jesus I'm yours fill me and spill me spill me out because if we're going to move beyond our bubble to those that are different church we need to move towards them we need to move them to Jesus and we need to move ourselves to being filled with the Holy Spirit And that's what I want to do to close. I want to pray over you. I want to pray with you. Really to be filled with the Spirit. It is all a work of God. It's what He desires to do. You can't force it. You can't manipulate it. Expect it. But don't have an agenda of how that's going to look like. Or when that will occur. But I believe that in the heart that Jesus always usually starts to bring us to a place of desperation and hunger for more of him. And it's almost like I've seen when he does that in my heart that's when he says yes. Now you see it. You can't do it on your own. You need me. And that's when he fills. So will you bow your head in prayer? I want to pray with you. Just think through some of this before I pray. Like I said, there, there's we need to have a heart that is just desperate for him. To be filled with the Spirit. If this mission that you and I are to be a part of, we need the Spirit, well, we first start, we need to be desperate for Him. We need to surrender to Him. Maybe for you, there's fear that you need to surrender. Fear of evangelism, fear of mission, maybe fear of even the Spirit. Listen, Jesus isn't afraid of the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to give you the Holy Spirit. And fear is the tool of the enemy to keep you from the fullness of God and to keep you from being used on the mission of God. You need to surrender that fear. And anytime you have fear, you're afraid, you won't give him 100%. Just give it to him. Some of you, maybe there's junk in the soul that's preventing you from that desperation, that hunger for more of God and being filled by him. And what I mean is there's junk in your soul. There's just things that you have just kind of kept in the dark. Yes, you have 100% of the Holy Spirit, but that one area the Holy Spirit doesn't have. Will you give Him access to your heart? To your soul? And for some of you also you need to expect this from God. God you kind of doubt it You kind of doubt his goodness Expect that God wants to fill you With the fullness of himself He wants you to experience him The presence, the power But don't have an agenda What that's going to look like Holy Spirit I ask that you come Spirit, I ask that you fill people here deep, deep, deeply in their heart. Spirit, I pray that you pour your love in their heart. That they see you as their father that moves to them. That you're a Father that loves them. You're a Father that is crazy about them. You're a Father that likes everything about them. I pray you fill people with that love. Holy Spirit, I also pray that you fill people with an awareness of your power and your presence. Will you fill people with faith, trust, that God, you can do these things, that you can change people's lives, even through them, that you want to use them as a conduit of your grace and of your mercy? Holy Spirit, fill us with your power. Fill us even with the passion to move beyond this Christian bubble that we can sometimes place ourselves in. Fill us with a passion. Holy Spirit, bring to mind people in our mind even right now that you want us to move towards the Spirit give us the courage give us the boldness to be witnesses of what you have done in our life and the reality that your kingdom is here And so, Lord, we just declare hallowed be your name and your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And fill us and use us, we pray. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen. May God bless you. Move beyond your bubble to those that are different from you. God bless. If there's people that you want to be able to pray with, we're going to have people up here that will pray with you. There's things that you know that God's been calling on your heart that you need to surrender to Him. There's people here that will be happy to pray with you. And as you go, if you're not connected to anything, please stop by our information desk and someone will be happy to help you just take those next steps uh, and get more plugged in here at FAC. God bless. Love you guys.